Hey guys, welcome back to the Be A Man podcast. We are now on season two, episode one, and I'm so happy you guys are back. I just wanna tell everybody, thank you so, so much for everybody's input in the first season. We had some awesome conversations. I'm ready to see what the future holds with this. We've had close to 400 different listens on this. It's a really, really exciting time. Uh, today, I find myself in Atlanta, Georgia, with two of my best friends from elementary school, Israel and Jonathan. And it is such an honor to be back with these guys. Uh, I'm so thankful that I have the kinds of friendships that you can you cannot see them for years on end and you just pick up exactly where you left off. So guys, thank you so much for being on, man. Thanks for having us, bro. I'm excited yeah, to be here. Thank you, bro. It's an honor. Yeah, I'm excited. All right, y'all. So something that the three of us, you know, even though we don't see each other very often, something that we talk about a lot is relationships. You know, we're both, you know, we're all 26, 27, uh, getting to the point where some some of our parents are like, all right, so like, when are you getting married? When are you going to do this? You know? Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that we're able to have the conversation on relationships, specifically romantic relationships. We're jumping right into it. Uh, having the three of us having grown up in Haiti, uh, gives you a very unique perspective on relationships. Each of our families, you know, we're blessed to all come from very great families but we've seen them do and execute their expectations of relationships on us in different ways. So I'm, I'm, I'm happy you guys are here to have this conversation with me. I want to hear uh, some of your perspectives, what's led you to, you know, either succeed or fail in relationships, lessons learned, you know, and, and where you find yourself now and how the experiences have kind of shaped uh, your understanding now. Well, yeah, absolutely, man. That's a, it's a great question, and and you know, uh, I still try to. I'm still actively learning and knowing more because the most important thing for me, man, is you know I, I do want to have a successful marriage, and I do want to build a, a, a solid family unit that can be a productive member of society. And uh, I think it's our responsibility, bro. Like we have one life to live, and as men, especially if you know if we're men of God, so to speak, part of Part of honoring God is also honoring our family and honoring our wives. Mm. Having said that, the dichotomy that exists within Haitian culture and cultures abroad, which, by the way, you'll find that happen in any relationship that is, you know, multicultural, is that there are different expectations on both sides of the family. And a lot of times, because of the societal constructs that each society have built and ingrained into its members, there can be a large gap and bridging that gap is very difficult, especially when people are not focusing on what's actually important. It's the same as, you know, back in the day, the Catholic church, you know, harped on um, the tradition, you know, the, going through the motion of the, the religious traditions and never harped on the essential fundamentals of faith. Mm. And that's how I can relate it. So I'll keep it brief, but personally, my life, man, the expectations of me having a woman is first and foremost she's got to be from the island so that automatically discredited a whole vast a whole vast number. millions of women <laughs> out, out the window <laughs> completely out the window and my whole thing is again right i'm not trying to harm religion but because of my christian background i'm a firm believer 
that God can use anyone yeah. for for its purpose and that uh, I don't need to confine myself specifically to a particular box. Well, fast forward, um, the woman that I currently love, she's not Haitian. So right now, right, I'm in a I'm in a situation where how do I balance honoring my family, honoring God, and then honoring my woman? I will say this though. One big key is if you are in a relationship and that person and you have a whatever gap that may be, it may, it may be, it may not only be social economic status, it may be religion, it may be uh, financial status. You have to take accountability for your relationship. You have to own your relationship and you can't let things happen to you and then be passive and react. Because what happens is if, if you're passive and you react, and you're just reactive, it's a matter of time before something hits you hard where you, you don't have time to react yeah. and the relationship falls apart. In my limited experience, currently at least, that's where I find myself. Yeah. So do you think there's a difference between the limitations that you find in your family unit to only you know be or date or eventually marry someone from the island to be synonymous with like, prejudice in America? Like, absolutely. In okay. Absolutely. You know, prejudice is, we, we talk about racism. The only reason why, the only difference between racism and prejudice is that racism hinges on the fact that the, the people in a position of power are being prejudiced towards people who, quote unquote, are being oppressed or, quote unquote, don't have the power. Don't have the power. That's the only difference. And my thing is, the irony of it all is we all hate racism, yet we all we all do the same thing. As a matter of fact, we push the agenda that racism pushes out, which is fundamentally treating people as less than your kind, as less than whatever you adhere to. And, and that's what I'm getting at. And it's a fundamental flaw that we, we forget to tackle. Yeah. John, what do you think? Well, I think my perspective is a little different than both you and Israel because <clears throat> both of your uh, parents, you know, are not American, mm -hmm. whereas my mother is Haitian, but my father is American. So the expectations of a relationship from my parents to me is a lot different than maybe what the expectations of your parents are for you. Um, Really, just baseline, I think, what their expectation is, is that she's a Christian girl um, and that she's got a good head on her shoulders yeah. and she's got common sense. So I've honestly been <clears throat> blessed uh, to um, have a pretty easy way of being able to live up to my parents' expectations of relationships because I'm also a Christian man, so yeah. I also am looking for a Christian woman. So. Um, my the prejudices that we've been talking about i have seen through y your relationships and things like yeah. that um but the prejudice the prejudices and race racial issues that i've lived in my relationships are different than that so i can't i can't fully speak to that but i do see that that is an issue yeah so so how, how would you say they've been different? Well, when I'm in the United States, the majority of the time I've lived in the United States was in South Carolina. And, you know, 
you hear all sorts of stereotypes about South Carolina and the people that live there. Um, and a lot of it's not true, but a lot of it is the reason stereotypes are there is because it is true. Um, so <clears throat> the, the prejudices and racial issues that I've come across is when a girl brings me to meet her family for the first time and I don't look the way that maybe their parents or family envisioned me to look. Right. Um, and then kind of maybe getting through that first initial shock factor um, and having to know that like you have to work harder than maybe a white person mm -hmm. to impress those parents just to initially break the ice and win them over, um, which is already just so backwards that you have to do that. Right. Um, and then staying in different relationships that I've been in, the different jokes and comments and actions that I've heard from uh, her parents and things like that. It's just, uh, wasn't really a healthy situation in relation yeah. to racial issues. So, uh, I've definitely learned and progressed through that, but, uh, it's taught me that if I want an issue to change, I can't be passive about it. If something happens, I have to speak into it as soon as it happens. So if it's just taught me to um, address conflict better, which um, is a great soft skill for anybody to have in life. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so interesting. So for, I think for me, uh, I'm very similar to you, John, where my parents have just said, you know, we just want you to marry someone who loves God, loves people. We don't care what color she is. And you hear that. But like, you're like, do you really mean that though? Like, yeah. you would like her to be, like my mom's from Trinidad and my dad's from Haiti. I'm like, wouldn't you want them to be like either from one of these islands? And it wasn't until recently, I was talking with my grandpa, my dad's dad. And he asked me if I was dating anybody. I was like, yeah, I got a girlfriend. He's like, oh, like send me a picture of her. And I was like, all right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I did. I sent him a picture of her and he goes, oh, my gosh, she, she is so short. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah, she is. And that was it. He's like, she's beautiful, man. If you love her, I love her. And I was like, wow, wow. <laughs> and this is a man, you know, in his late 70s and doesn't even, you know, doesn't speak English, hasn't like he spent time in America, but like it's very easy for black folks to have the same prejudices that white folks do in the States as far as dating cross-culturally and stuff like that. So that, that was something that warmed my heart, but like really made me laugh because yeah. I was like, man, this, this man really only noticed that she was short, <laughs> but yeah. So something I'm seeing play out now, you know, I I'm based in DC. You guys are here in Atlanta. Uh, both are very like high aptitude functioning cities where people come to just grind. Um, and I've seen this in, in DC and I'm curious what you all's take on this is, is that men our age seem to be getting married later than, you know, maybe a, a generation ago. Um, why do you think that is? Do you think any of that has to do with some of the expectations that are set on relationships? Uh, does any of it have to do with the cynicism, you know, that comes, John, like you were saying, from, you know, relationships that have gone sour? Is it the, the financial component? Uh, like, wh why do you think that is? It's a very complex 
question. It really I, is. I, at the root core, here's what I believe. Number one, progressively in America, uh, the age at which you start owning property has regressed, has, I guess, been delayed. You're seeing in the market right now that there are a whole lot more renters than owners versus back in the 1980s, 1970s, by the time you were 23, 24, you already owned some sort of piece of land and some sort of piece of property. For me, property is synonymous to establishing a foundation. If you're renting all your life, you really don't have anything to leave for your family because you don't own anything. That's number one. Number two, uh, I do believe that now women, because it is more equitable, I think that women's expectations also have increased, which means that like they're not going to settle just because you're a man. Like They want to see that you also have some sort of well-put-together plan or you can carry yourself appropriately, and they don't have to settle. I mean, one of the reasons why we said, like, what, what was, what are, why have divorce rates gone up? Simply because women are awake now. They're like, I don't have to put up with this BS if I, if, if I don't want to. Because the truth of the matter is, I got my job, I have my car, I, I'm self-sustainable. So that metric also has, I feel like, made men realize that they need to step up their game. Because I don't think any man goes into a relationship feeling that they are dependent on their woman. Not that it's a bad thing. But as a, as a man, I think internally, uh, most men at least uh, wouldn't want to be in a position like that. And then finally, uh, my last piece of that is the societal message that is being preached to men in terms of, I personally feel like now, um, the message is as a man, you know, take as much time as you, as you need to. It's like, why are you rushing? If now, especially through social media, through the various platforms, you can, the idea of being more individualistic and focusing about yourself versus, versus creating a family unit in which you and, and keyword, and someone else um, come, come together and to build together. I feel like it's something that we've kind of drawn away from because the society is quite materialistic and I think that it's enhanced by the visuals of internet. Hmm. I actually was going to tie into the internet. I think a large portion of the problem is social media. Agreed. Um, I think that a lot of couples nowadays are in these relationships for like to be a social media relationship hmm. to show to the world to their friends that they're doing well and on the surface it looks like they're this great couple mm -hmm. um but underneath the surface there are larger problems that aren't being fixed or looked at yeah. or worked at mm -hmm. um i also think that specifically in america um american christianity has slowly regressed and declined to being not even true christianity and I think a lot of these couples that are getting married in a church, in an American wedding, in a Christian sense, are not actually putting Christ at the center of the relationship. Um, do I think you need to be a Christian to have a successful marriage? Not necessarily, because I've seen that before. I've seen successful marriages that are not Christian in the slightest. But 
if you're going to do it under the pretense of you being a Christian, it's got to be for real. Yeah. Um, and I think that that um, a lot of people getting married that are saying that Christians aren't necessarily living their life day to day. And I've been caught up in that before, trying yeah. to be the social media couple and things like that. So people just need to work on themselves more as well. I think that that's also part of it. I agree. John, we, earlier we were talking and you mentioned emotional intelligence. I think that plays into the social media aspect. I have such a beef with um, anything that portrays an unrealistic expectation of anything, yeah. but specifically to romance and to love, yeah. like anything I see on TV and on social media that makes it look like people have it together, like infuriates me. And that like, the, like the Bachelor, Bachelorette show, like don't even get me started, bro, because <laughs> it's, it's so frustrating and people, like I think it really does affect real life relationships in, in ways that people aren't willing to admit. Yes. Because, you know, as girls thinking out here, oh yeah, there's like, is true. You know, mm -hmm. a thousand like perfect guys with mm -hmm. the perfect job mm -hmm. and they're never going to deal with anything. And like recently, my girlfriend Katie was telling me this recently, uh, one of the couples that got married off the Bachelor Bachelorette like 10 years ago just got a divorce and they have like three kids. So like, you know what I mean? Like society, social media, TV, they want to push right. the start, right. you know, the big wedding, yeah. the fancy dresses, the big party, mm -hmm. but they don't want to talk about how people finish and they, they don't want to talk about the work that it takes to sustain mm -hmm. a real relationship, you know? I agree. And, and to, to tie that in, um, I'm a big fan of being a free thinker and being free. Being free is also understanding that the mold that we are formed in within society, nine out of 10 is an illusion. And it distracts us from what's really important. So to, to, to kind of like emphasize my point is back in the day, if a man and a woman had issues, uh, specifically the men, I know that there are several men who would bombard their women with love in public and then at home beat them. Yeah. Now it's magnified because they have social media. So if my girlfriend sees all these men doing all these great things for their women, she's like, wow, the bar is so high. Yeah. But we're not seeing the full picture. Yeah. We're not seeing the fact that these same couples had to shoot that video 10 times to make it come right. And, and that's where I feel like as men, it is also our responsibility to love our women in a Christ-like manner. And part of that is being humble and not doing things for any praise, but doing it because that's what we're, we're called to do. Mm. Agreed. Yeah. So how do we, how do men deepen their understanding of emotional intelligence? And I feel like the, <laughs> the phrase emotional intelligence sometimes gets a bad rap because it means like how to be more emotional or be, you know. I know what you mean. Um, I actually am talking to this for a second because I've actually been working on this a lot recently. Um, <clears throat> I recently got out of a long relationship and I realized once I got out of the relationship, I never paused while I was in the relationship and reflected on the relationship and on myself in the relationship. Um, and I think a lot of 
what's necessary for you to become emotionally intelligent is for you to become self-aware and for you to become self-aware, you need to do a lot of introspection and a lot of um, self-meditation and a lot of being alone with your thoughts, which is scary for a lot of people to do, yeah. especially for a lot of men to do. Um, and it's been really hard for me to work at it, but I can sense a change in myself socially, um, mentally. Um, and I would definitely encourage anybody and everybody that wants to be more aware of themselves and their emotions and how to keep them in check is to reflect on their daily situations. Like if I reacted poorly to somebody because they said something to me and I reacted in anger and impulse later that night, I need to reflect on it and think about how I can do it better the next time I'm in that situation. And if the, if I reflect on it, the next time that it happens, that reflection is the thing that's more in my mind than the actual situation previous. So I'm going to react more in my meditation. So I just think it's really important for people to um, take time to themselves and be okay with being with their thoughts, good or bad, and process those. That's a, that's a great point that you hit. And you know what you're hinting at also, it's uh, a thought, it's a process that also enables you to have healthier relationships throughout. Just All around, yeah. Around, yeah. Just in general. So I absolutely agree with that. Um, one thing that's important for me is also like, one, you need to be real with yourself. You need to, I feel like, make a short list of what you're looking in a partner, in a romantic relationships. Way too many people start off their romantic relationship on a hookup, start off mm -hmm. their romantic relationship just on the wrong mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. And then they expect to turn it into gold. <laughs> well, guess what, buddy? You're out of luck. <laughs> the reality is, the reality is we create our own realities. Yes, very true. What we think is what actually happens. And so if you truly want a successful relationship, then you need to make, you need to envision and picture what does it look like? And not only do you need to do that, I also feel that it is important to understand that before you can be involved in a romantic relationship, I personally feel like the dating stage where you get into the person is crucial. And then my last point has to tie it back into in what Jonathan said is you really need to take time and get to know yourself. Mm -hmm. Most people will go on their entire lives not even knowing what their why is. Mm -hmm. How how are you supposed to lead a household mm -hmm. if you don't even know what your purpose is as a man in mm -hmm. its relations to your peers around you? If you can't lead yourself, you can't lead anybody else. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I mean, that's a, that's a fundamental thing that I think we all should work on. And I'm not saying that we will get the answer. But what I'm saying, just as Jonathan is saying, it's an active process mm -hmm. of continual self-reflection. Mm -hmm. And I feel like too many, too many men aren't doing that. Agreed. Yeah. Man, I 100%, 100%. John, the idea when you said uh, we have to learn to be okay with uh, being in the presence of our own thoughts, that's like a chilling idea to some people. And I, I recently started therapy and it's forced me in, in the best way possible. It's forced me to deal with the, like these kinds of situations, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. um, trying to figure out, okay, I, instead of being reactionary to situations and relationships and stuff like that, mm -hmm. how can I just pause mm -hmm. 
and think and make a decision yes that's outside of the situation yes you know so it, it's it's I, i'm happy that you hit on that and yeah. it's a really encouraging thing but it's a slow process it really is to, to be able to say i'm going to take time to be with my thoughts mm-hmm. w- work this out mm-hmm. and then in the future be able to act differently mm-hmm. yeah so Man, Jono, Israel, I thank you guys for so much for having this conversation. One, one final thought, one final thought, and we'll wrap it up. What's one thing that you know about relationships now at 26, 27? What's one thing that you know about relationships now that you would tell either 15-year-old you or 20-year-old you, you know, five, five, six years ago? Hide your wallet, hide your keys. <laughs> That's all I know. <laughs> Listen, I spent... Four to eight, six years of my life being in relationships that I thought were going to go longer than they actually did. And I just ended up with less in my bank account, less in my gas tank. That's all I know. No, but in all, in all seriousness, in all seriousness, get to know yourself. You can casually date as you're growing up. But I would say, like, getting into a serious relationship, if you don't know yourself, it's a bad decision. And if you think you know yourself, you don't reevaluate. Facts. Man, Jonathan. Did you did you steal my thoughts, bro? Because <laughs> what Jonathan said is a hundred percent what I would tell myself is before opening up yourself for emotional investment, analyze the stock on which you're trying to bet on. I mean, it sounds like uh, it sounds almost too mechanical, but truth be told, if you don't know yourself and you don't know the person that you're about to get involved with then you're making a tactical mistake. Number two, if the relationship that you're in started because of a hookup, you need to reevaluate yourself. Um, I'm not saying that now dating and and hooking up, you know, you can't live your life. But what I am saying is if you are really adamant about having a a, a happy life and family is important for you, you need to work at it actively. Mm. And I think Jonathan's point is exactly what that is. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for being on, man. I'm, I'm happy we were able to have this conversation. Thank you. One love, baby girl. One love. Okay, look. <laughs> thank you, Nathan. We appreciate you. Thanks, bro. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening and being on. Um, we're, I'm so excited to be having more of these conversations. Hopefully, season two is focused on emotional intelligence, relationships, uh, mental health and issues like that. So thanks for being on. We'll talk soon. Peace.